For many years now, the principle of the wine moves my heart and I'm looking forward to you guys to discover those kinds of principles. The parable of the wine, the message means the time to begin. Because the wine goes through four seasons. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. And I want to, want to speak about the spring season. The principle of the wine, there's one Bible verse comes again and again. If you remain in me. If you remain in me. And I remain in you, you will bear fruit. The word is remaining. If we remain in Jesus, Jesus reigns in us, we will bear fruit. It's very cool if you remain in certain things. And time is passing by. You turn around and you look about the last year. This is the Bible verse in John 15 verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy... If you're looking back, you are full with joy because you see so many fruits in your life and you are so happy about it. The joy may be in you and that your joy may be completed. What is the meaning about that? The Bible says, if we remain, you're looking back and say, wow, my life has bared some fruit. This is an amazing fruit year for us as a church. There are four reasons. First of all, we celebrated this year in the Haaland Stadion, the biggest indoor stadium, 20 years of ICF Zurich. That means, you know why we are 20 years? We remained in God and God remained in us. That is a big, big celebration, joy factor for us. The second thing is, we have planted more than 50 churches in eight nations. That means we only have planned a church because we remained in God and God remained in us. This is a big joy factor in us as well. The third thing is, in the end of the year, after 20 years of building up, setting up, whatever, we are moving in a brand new building. That's, that's the house we're building. And that's an amazing joy factor. If you're not celebrating at the end of the year, I will knock you down. Every is a person in a Christian way because we have prayed for that for 20 years. And the fourth joy factor is in June, my wife and me, we are married for more than 25 years. And I looked back and said, honey, this was, was 25 years ago. I remain in you, you and me. And we're looking back and say, we have such an amazing family. And here's the message. If you remain in Jesus, you will look back and your joy will be completed if you remain in him. And Jesus remains in you. I want to preach about three points. Point number one is, God is my wine dresser. In John chapter 15 verse 1, that's the way that the, the, the Bible starts. I am the true wine and my father is the gardener. Here's the thing. Jesus is the wine. We are the branches. If you stick in Jesus, we will bear fruit. But God is the gardener. That's the picture. A gardener knows when the spring is coming, there comes a season where I have to cut certain trees away. Before we go into the text, let's hear about a Swiss guy explains us the spring season in the grapevine.
das ist der Weinstock, der alte Stamm. Und oben sind die Reben. Alles, was neu gewachsen ist, sind die Reben. Als erstes drückt es die Triebe heraus. Die sind klein und werden immer größer. Und äh, das ist eigentlich die erste, die erste Phase im, im Weinberg. Nachdem das es lange tot ist, also vom November bis im März, April läuft eigentlich nichts. Erst wenn es warm wird, fangen die, die Reben an zu wachsen. Und jetzt fangen die eigentlich an zu blühen. Also die Reben sind Windbestäuber, sie brauchen keine Bienen. Sondern wenn es äh, schön Wetter ist und luftig, werden sie äh, befruchtet und dann werden die Beeren entwickelt. That's the spring season. Everything starts to grow. And I want to start with the first point because it's important for me for the season. I said to you, God is the wine dresser. Why is this important? Because God has one DNA or God has many DNAs, but one, one of the DNA characteristics of God is he will always brings the best out of you and me. This is like a promise of God. There's some people say, but Pastor Leo, um, I am too difficult. I know that God can do everything and anything with everybody, but I'm a very special, unique kind of species. Uh, God is very difficult for God to change me. You have to understand when Jesus selected 12 disciples, they were so different from day to night different. I want to speak about two guys. They were so different. First of, first of all, they were Peter. The Peter are those people, whatever you change, they say, yes, count me in. Change is my best friend. Jesus said to the disciples, you will die for me. Peter said, yes, that's so cool. Let's do this. They are very loud in the church. They're very noisy. Whenever you change something, yes, count me in. But Peter, when they, they, they caught Jesus and put him to prison, that night when all the disciples ran away, there came a guy and said, Peter, you belong to the Jesus movement. And Peter said, no, I don't know Jesus. I never heard about Jesus. But Peter saw signs and miracles, signs and wonders, everything. He said, no, I don't know Jesus. Like one hour later, another guy said, but I saw you with Jesus. And Peter said, no, I don't know Jesus. Is Jesus on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat? Oh, if not, I don't know Jesus. Some hour later, For the third time, a guy says, you are the, belong to the Jesus movement. Peter denied for the third time, I don't know Jesus. How is this possible? Peter said, Jesus, if you die, yes, come in, let's do it. All of a sudden, he was the guy who denied Jesus. He ran away. 
He left the calling. He left the purpose. He left everything. And here's the point. God is the wine dresser. God sent Jesus to Peter when he was fishing and said, Peter, why you run away? Why you denied me? You have forgotten. On you, I will build my church. And here's the point. And I think this may be a message for somebody in this church. You messed up so many things by purpose. And you run away and you think like this thing, I am not valuable enough for God anymore. Because I messed too many things. God, in form of Jesus, was chasing after Peter and said to him, No, you are the rock. I will build on you the church. That's the Peter kind of guys. But there's also Thomas guy in the church. Thomas people that are sitting in the back of the church. They are not so wild and noisy like the Peter style of people. The Thomas guy that's sitting like this. They think before they're getting emotional. They say, Peter, shut up. I want to listen to the message. I have to think about it. The Thomas people, people guy, they're not celebrating, they're not jumping, they're very smart. And when, when Jesus died and the people said, I saw Jesus rose from, rose from the dead, he is alive. The Peter said, I don't believe you. And Thomas said, I don't believe you. Sorry. I don't believe you. Because everybody can tell an amazing story. I only believe if I see the, the hole in the hand of Jesus. If I see the nail in the hand of the Jesus, then I will believe. This is like doubting, right? Some people right now, you're doubting. You're not sure, is the Jesus thing really true or not? God in form of Jesus was chasing after Peter. God in form of Jesus was chasing after Thomas. And Jesus said, Thomas, look, here's my hand. And when Thomas saw the hand of Jesus, he was the guy who brought the gospel to India, the farthest away from all the disciples. What I want to say right now, there are different people in the church. Some of the Peter guy, yeah, yeah, cool. And some people are quiet, thinking, doubting a little bit, whatever is your position. Here is the, the bottom line of the message. When God is the wine dresser, he will find you. He is chasing after you. God's DNA is, I will bring the best out of you and me. That's not one person right now in the room where God is saying, I don't care. Because Thomas believed, God doesn't care enough for me because I need more. I have to see that God is really God. And here's the point. God is chasing after you. That's like the bottom line of this message. The second thing is, the vine rest cuts off in cuts off in order to focus. John chapter 15 verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Why he cuts off some trees who bears no fruit? Why is that so? You have to understand. The grape has too many branches. And all the energy goes all over. And a good wine gardener knows the energy, the power has to go in three or four branches, not more. In maybe one, three, four. Here's a five, and there's a six. He knows I have to cut off. And what God is doing in our lives all the time, He cuts off certain things 
to take the energy away, to put more energy in the real important thing. And here is my question. What is your priority? You have to sit down and ask yourself the question, what are my priorities? Because a wine dresser knows there are only three branches, not more. The rest have to cut away. Why is this so important? Because at the end of the day, all of us, we are really tired at the end of the day, usually when you work hard. The question is not if we are tired or not. The question is, have you done the right thing, the purpose thing, the calling thing from God? That's why I sit down and think, what are my three or four branches? What is the calling? What is the destiny? What is, what is the thing that God has called me to do? Sit down. Because the Bible is saying the devil is a diabolo. Diablo means he mixes things Massive things in our lives. That means from time to time, we have to think, sit down and rethink our calling, rethink our strategy, rethink our destiny. And here what is a, a wine dresser is doing, say, okay, that's, that's nice, right? He cuts off. It's a nice one, right? And if I look in, in back in my life, I've written down what are my priorities. My priorities, for example, is my family. It's on the top. Family, I mean with that God and my family. That's number one in my life. It's family. Second is leading the, my church, preaching all over, and church planting. There are four branches in my life. But here's the thing. I have much more dreams in my life. For example, I would love... To coach a soccer team. I would love to do that. I know if I take over the Swiss national soccer team, I could make them much better. Because I know who is shooting a goal and who not. It's very simple. Those that are shooting a goal, they're shooting a goal. Those that are not, they're not. It's very simple. I would love to be a coach of a soccer team. I would love to start my own company. Some people say, but you're leading a church. Church is not a company. It's the house of God. I would love to coach really high gifted business people. I would love to do that. But here's the thing. That's not my calling. That's not the business that God has asked me to do. That means sometimes you have to cut the good thing is always the enemy of the best. And you have to cut good things to give more energy, more purpose in those things that God has called you to do. That means cut off all those things in your life who are not on the priority list in your life. Mother Teresa said an amazing thing. If you put this on Twitter, Facebook, you have about 200 likes at least. She's saying, if you want, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. <laughs> are you with me? That's deep. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Because so many times, so many people, that they're chasing after money, chasing after a big reputation, chasing after how many followers do you have on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. But here's the deal. If you want to change the world, go home and love your home. That's my first priority. It's my own family. That's the first thing. And here the Bible is saying in John chapter 15, verse 2, while every branch that does bear fruit the point so that he will be even more fruitful. That means even those three or four branches, he cuts them really, that they can bring even more fruit. 
Here, for example, they say, okay, this leaf here, it's too much. Very careful. Cuts things away to make even the three things even more useful. Some years ago, to explain this in a very simple way, uh, we were paragliding. And uh, that's my youngest son. We were paragliding, an amazing thing. If you have never done it before, amazing. You are so close to heaven. If you fall down, you're in heaven. And if it works, you're in heaven. Um, when we came down, I said to my wife, honey, I would love to start paragliding. She said, if you do that, I will kill you. I said, honey, what's wrong? She said, let's be honest. How many sports are you doing? So what do you mean by that? You playing soccer, you playing squash, you playing tennis, you playing inland hockey, you're playing ice hockey, you're doing snowboard, skiing, cross-skiing, you're doing hiking, biking, uh, you, you, you're playing golf, you're doing so many things, and you're telling me you want to start paragliding? And she said to me with other words, even if this is on a priority list to doing sport, this is way beyond too much. And this was for me like a teaching lesson in my own life. Even if you have a priority, you have to cut your priority as well to sharpen it that you have more energy and more power. Uh, a grape dresser goes and says, okay, these three branches are very, very successful. But here are too many leaves because it cuts us away. That means you have to think for a moment, are you stressed out in your life? That means think for a moment and says, what are my priorities? Three or four things, not more. And what is the calling? And are there things that are really good, but they're the enemy of the best? Cut it away for the glory of God. Here's another illustration. It, maybe it helps for you. It's the important thing and the urgent thing. Because I figured out that most people, they're doing urgent things. If, for example, if a baby cries, give me milk, milk. A baby can be so loud, milk, milk, milk. The baby is saying, if the milk is not coming now, I'm dying. And all the mothers say, oh, the baby's crying, milk, milk. Uh, if the milk is not there, she, the baby will cry for hours and hours. This is like the urgent things. And too many things, we're going for the urgent things instead of the important things. We're saying successful people, they focus on important things. And the less successful people, they, they, they are working on urgent matters. That means if you want to be successful, think what is important or what is urgent. To, wrap it, to, to, to explain it again, first think about what are my three branches, my three priorities in my life. Are the things I have to cut it away because it's too much, too much stuff? And then you take all these things and say, okay, is this important or is this urgent? There are four words. For example, Simple, if it's not important or not urgent means neither or both. It's not important, it's not urgent, it means skip it, forget it. It's neither, that means skip it. Sometimes things are just only important. That means this is, this is I will say, just take attention. But here's another thing. Certain things are just urgent, 
Urgent means they're not important, but really urgent, really loud. Maybe you experience this every day by your boss. It's, everything is urgent, urgent, urgent. Yeah? It's like a nightmare. But here's the thing you have to be careful. If something is urgent and important, this is the focus number one in your life. And here's the thing. Why has Jesus prayed every day for one hour early in the morning? Just to distinguish what is urgent or is something urgent and important and is this like God's calling to do for today? If you don't read the Bible, if you don't spend time with God, you cannot make the difference. You just act like a balloon or like a leaf in the wind. And here's the thing. Every week, like Friday, I spend about a half an hour and one hour about my agenda. And I look at my agenda for the next following week and ask the question, what is the purpose? What are my three priorities in my life? Is the three priorities, is the, or do I have too many things? And then I ask the question, what is important and urgent? And I put and I set my whole agenda on the urgent and important thing and the rest, I skip it. And the most word which I say the whole week is no. You only can say no if you, if you know what, what, when do you say yes. You have to say no because you know where do you say yes. And so many times people just think, why you always say no? Because I know what is my calling, my purpose. You can do many things, but you're losing the most important thing. I make it very, very simple. For example, sometimes in our church, we have people, they want to go on, on mission. They ask me for prayer and for money. So first ask me for money and then for prayer. Whatever. Prayer and money. It's always, always the same. They ask me for money. And here's the thing. I love to send out people for mission. But the calling of God for our church is we are a church planting movement. And that's our, this is our prior number one in our church. We cannot plant church. Every church plant costs money energy, prayer, strategy, coaching, and everything, and we cannot do church planting, mission work, this and that, then we're doing too much, and if you're doing too much, you're losing the purpose in your life. And I always say to people, I love you, I respect you, I honor you, but we cannot support you because our calling from God is church plant. And that's why we've planted more than 50 churches, and we plant the northern next year's more than 200 churches all over Europe. And that's the thing. I only can say no because I know what is the yes, the calling of God. I hope you understand what I mean. Just sit down and think for a moment. What are my priorities? Three branches that you can bear fruit. The last thing is the wine dresser encouraged in order to remain. Here's the word in John 15 verse 5. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the wine. Neither can the bear fruit unless you remain in me. And here's the word remain in me. In the spring season of the grape, that's an amazing thing. You see all of a sudden a blossom. It starts to grow. It looks amazing. It starts to blossom. And that's the moment in your life when God is opening a door. It starts to blossom, it starts to grow, it looks amazing. And you think, wow, this door has got opened, I'm going to that door, and for, from now on, I'm going from glory to glory, from blessing to blessing. But I had no clue when I started about the grape, 
that the blossom ex exists only about some, some days. And from one day to the next day, it changes like this. Boom! The blossom changes into small, ugly, thinny grapes. You see the difference? Blossom! Woo! Boom! Small, hard, ugly. Have you ever experienced that? God is opening a door, looks like blossom, and boom, the blossom is away. Just ugly, small, thin grapes. Have you ever experienced that? I am. Some years ago, I preached in Dallas for the very first time in America. That's a picture in a beautiful, amazing church. 3,000 people were there. And it was for me like a blossom moment. I said, oh, this is the moment God has created, and this is the door when I preach there. I have invitations all over. That's what I thought, you know. I preached there my, one of my best messages, because every message outside of Zurich is the best. Um, an amazing message. And I told a story about the bird fall down on the ground, and a cow came, and, and I forgot the word. Because there's one word you're not allowed to preach in English in America. I forgot the word. But this is the most important thing in the, in the story. And I know you are not allowed to say shit in the church. I know you, if you say that, you cannot say that. In German, it's not, not a big deal. Really, it's not a big deal. But in English, it's horrible. And I forgot the word. 3,000 people in front of me, and that's the moment when the cow, I thought, is there another word? And I thought, there's a slogan. slogan have, you, have you ever heard that slogan, shit happens? And I thought, the slogan, shit happens, is easy because it's not shit. And I said, you know, sometimes in life, shit happens. It was so quiet. 3,000 people were not breathing anymore. Their hearts were stopped. They were like this. And I said, oh, sorry. I said, there's something wrong. <laughs> and I knew the blossom, boom, in one second, ugly small grabs. And my door in America was closed forever. From that moment, I had not one invitation, not even in a small three people's youth group, nothing. And I was so disappointed because I've done nothing wrong because my German and English different language. And for five years, not one invitation. And God is sometimes saying to you, remain, stay, don't give up. And then I read in preparation of the message an amazing Bible verse. You can bring it in uh, third Mo uh, Moses when you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit, three, regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years you are to consider it forbidden. It must be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit will be holy and offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you maybe eat its fruit. In the way you harvest will be increased. I am the Lord your God. And I read it and thought, cool. Three years, no eat, fourth year, giving to God, fifth super. And when I read that Bible, God spoke to me before summer. And here's the growth of a brand new grape. In the first year, 
are there no grapes. Second year, few grapes. Third year, unripped grapes. In the fourth year, good grapes. In the fourth year, when the grapes are good, God is saying, sacrifice the good grapes. It's the same thing like tithing. If you earn money, God is saying, give it to God, the first 10%, it's holy. This is what the Bible text is saying here. And in the fifth year, it will increase and the grapes are so fresh and good. And God is spoke to me and said, Leo, you preached about five years in Dallas. You said the wrong word on, on the stage. And you brought no fruit from the outside. Not one invitation. But all of a sudden, God opened my eyes and said, Leo, you remained in me after America. You stayed, you were faithful. And in Dallas, five years ago, there was a guy from Austria in the conference of the 3,000 people. He was on honeymoon to listen to me. If you're ever going to honeymoon to Maladives, that's boring. He came to the honeymoon and listened to me. And in Dallas, he said to God, God, if I ever have the chance to plant a church, I would plant an ICF. And he's a guy from Austria, Vienna. And at that time, there had no church in Austria. Not one church in Austria. You know, Austria, that's hard ground. It's Catholic. There are not many churches. He said, if I have the chance to plant a church, I would love to plant an ICF church. He was in the church where I said shit happens. I went home from America with Pastor Nick and he said, why is God blossom something? Boom, everything is gone. One year later, his father of this young guy was the pastor. He had an affair with the PA, a classicer. They kicked him out and had no pastor anymore. The guy fought me and said, Pastor, I heard you in Dallas. You were an amazing message. You shocked the crowd. <laughs> and I have one request. Could you take over our church in Vienna? And I said, yes. We planted our church in Vienna. Out of ICF Vienna, one year later, we planted ICF Salzburg, a fast-growing church. Out of ICF Salzburg, we're planting right now ICF Linz. And out of ICF Linz, we're planting churches in Romania. And when something blossomed in Dallas, boom, everything gone, God is saying, you remained in me. And now I want to close the story. Five years later, when God is saying the grapes are good now, five years later, there was this summer, I preached in three churches in America. Tampa, Orlando, and Dallas. And all the pastors, they are the best friend of that church who said the shit happened thing. One guy said to me, Pastor Leo, I heard you preaching five years ago. You shocked me. And I said to God, if I ever have the chance to invite this guy from Switzerland, I would love to invite him because he's a bold guy. And he invited me. And I preached in so many different churches. Five years later, here's the deal. God opened the door in Dallas. It started to blossom. Boom. And I said the wrong word. Boom. Small, hard, tiny grapes. It seems for me the doors are closed forever. In that five years, 
because I remained in Jesus. I had no answer why this happened to me in, in America. God planted a church, churches in Austria, one of the hardest nations to plant any church. Fast-growing churches. Because the guy was there, and he was shocked too. There's some people right now, God has opened the door in your life. It looks like promising, and all of a sudden, boom, it means, seems the blessing of God is away. And you ask the question, God, why are you doing that? And God is saying, if you remain in me, you will bear fruit. I will remain in you and you in me and you will bear fruit. That's right now a word for some people. You have to remain. You're here. You want to give up. You want to quit. You are fat. You are have enough. You ask for many times, when comes, when, when will God do a miracle? The word is remain. You can see the number 50 churches. But every church is a miracle. Every church, the church, Austin movement started in Dallas because it said the wrong word on the stage. And people after five years, ah, oh, you are the S pastor. <laughs> you remember me? <laughs> yeah. I want to encourage you. Some people right now, you think, I'm too difficult for God. God has forgotten me. Some people right now, God is cutting off certain things and say, God, why are you doing what you're doing? Cutting off means it bleeds, it hurts. Letting go good things for the best, it hurts. It's always a hard decision. But you have to reduce to the max, the three things in your life. And then remain in God. Be faithful. Don't give up. Don't run away. For me, this is like my new season. I passed this church for the last 20 years. That's my first message. And I said to God, the next 20 years, I will be a pastor in this church again. That means for me, it's like a new season starting. It's like spring is starting. And I will, will give my very best that this church and you and me, you can flourish in, the, in, in God's eyes. Let's bow our heads for a moment and... And I want to invite you right now into a prayer because I believe this is a prophetic preaching series for many people, from, for myself as well. Father God, I thank you so much that you're the wine dresser. You're cutting off certain things in my life. They're not good. They will not bear fruit. They will not be everlasting. Maybe you're holding on on certain things. You're struggling maybe for a moment. Say, Jesus, I will let go. I give you the permission to cut things away. And right now I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom. I need your talking. Explain me right now what are the three priorities in my life. The three things which I build my life, like my foundation, my vision statements in my life. And I don't want to be too stressed out to do the right thing.
And God has to cut away things. Less sometimes is more. Less sometimes is more. Less sometimes is more. And other people, the word for you is remain. Remain in me. Remain in me. I want to be quiet for a moment. I want to give you the opportunity right now just to pour out your heart to Jesus. Because God has spoken to you right now in the message. A prophetic word for you. Spring, it's the growing season, but also cutting off a season. Both hand in hand.